0: thank everybody for the way that you have prayed for my wife and I and the way you've poured out your love. I want to do uh, two things this morning. I want to talk about what my wife and I are going through right now and thus what we as a spiritual community are going through. I'm going to take about 10 to 15 minutes to do this and then uh, we're going to do the offering announcements and then I'm going to come back and jump into the identity series. So let me do both of these. I appreciate your attention span, your heart, um, but this is really important that, uh, one, I'm sure you want to hear from us on this point. But I don't want it just to be about us because everybody goes through trials. How many of you have ever been through a trial before? Raise your hand. All right, so I'm talking to the right people. So, first, Hope and I just want to thank you so much for your outpouring of love and support. For the second time around, which is really— um, Annoying to say the least, uh, for those of you who don't know, my wife is fighting uh, breast cancer for the second time she's going through chemo right now it'll be pretty about, about a ten month journey um, because after chemo then there'll be a surgery and radiation and so we went through this three years ago, and uh, we came through it, and um, we were just phew, on our way but she's not the only one going through suffering and uh, even through cancer. Marsha Brown's in the house today and she's been, she and Jeff have been battling this for way longer than they ought to be because Jesus is the healer. We still believe that and we, still, we contend for the kingdom in the midst of the enemy's attack. We don't back down. We don't lay down. We stand up and we, as an army, we fight. And that's what we do. So um, how are we doing? Well, I want to say first of all um, i'm frustrated and angry spiritually at the enemy for attacking my family like this again um, but at, at the same time uh, just like last time after i believed for a miracle and we don't see an instantaneous miracle as soon as they put in the first chemo infusion i shifted to not having faith from the trial but faith in the trial and 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 that's where we are right now and that's where many of you are you're in a trial. And I want to talk to you about this very briefly. There are three ways deliverance comes. From the trial, in the trial, and through the trial. I want you to grab a hold of the reality of this so that when you're believing for a miracle and you don't see it happen instantaneously, rather than getting bitter or discouraged or disillusioned, understand that there's three different ways that God brings deliverance. One is from the trial, which means God bats it out of the way and you never have to experience it. Praise God. How many of you want that? Everybody. Yeah, we all like that. Then there's in the trial. And that's like, if you know the story, of the three Hebrew boys, they got thrown into the fiery furnace. It's like, well, where was God? They were standing up for him. They got, they literally got thrown into the furnace. But while they were in the furnace, Jesus appears and they get delivered out of the furnace in the middle of the trial. Amen for that. That's where we are right now. Some of you are there, and anything can happen, even in the middle of the trial. Then there's through the trial, Psalm 23 though, yea, though I walk through. Everybody say through, and everybody say boo. (laughs) We don't like through. Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil because you are with me, God, your rod and your staff. They comfort me. And on the other side of that valley is a banquet table prepared in the face of my enemies. Amen. So you need faith for all three. So I want to talk to you briefly about the three ways, triumph, how to three ways of triumph in trials. This is for those that are in a trial or going through a trial which obviously my family and I are are right now, many of you are or will be. So, how do you triumph when you're in a trial? Okay, you you with me? You ready? I'm going to give you three things This will really help you. Number one, keep praying. Just because you did not get, quote, your prayer answered, doesn't mean there are not many other miracles to be had. But if you drop your sword, you drop your shield, you drop your countenance, you drop your faith, you're going to miss out on all sorts of answered prayer. You just got to keep praying. You might say, well, gosh, if our own pastor couldn't get a miracle, what chance do I have? You don't know why Hope's uh, miracle didn't come instantaneously. I don't either. Neither does she. There's all sorts of different categories. There's the unbelief category. There's the unrepentant sin category. There's a satanic attack category. There's the timing of God category. Mary says to Jesus, Jesus, if you had come here, my brother wouldn't have died. But Jesus had a bigger plan. He wanted Lazarus to die so he could raise him from the dead. And then there's this other category that I call the I don't know category. And we're going to have to be okay with that. It's a question mark category. I know that can make you feel uncomfortable, but it is a real category and rather than trying to give an, a spiritual answer to a spiritual problem many times it's wiser just to say I don't know but I'm going to keep praying Jesus said this in Luke 18 1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show them that they should always pray and never give up which means he knows you and I will be tempted to give up why? well because my prayers didn't get answered and Jesus says Always pray and don't give up. you got to push. Anybody ever heard of the prayer command to push? P-U-S-H. What is it? Say it in the microphone.
1: Pray until something happens. Oh, come on.
0: Say a little. Pray until something happens. Yes. Obviously, you've had to push before. Pray until something happens. Okay, so I'm going to give you a couple examples on this first and Then we're going to move to the second point. I'm going to ask uh, Mike Nelson. The Nelsons, uh, Mike and Colette, and their children are are new members of our church. Let's welcome them. Come on up, Mike. And uh, Mike and his brother Mark, Mark and and Courtney Nelson, and their kids are also new members of our church. He's not here today. But Mike and Mark laid hands on hope, and they bleed for an instantaneous miracle, which we did not get. So what if Mike and Mark said, gosh, I pray for the pastor's wife, and nothing happened. We're not going to pray for anybody anymore. We're embarrassed, and... Gosh, maybe our faith doesn't work. That's not how they roll. Nor should they, and nor should you or I. So they just keep praying for people. And just this week, they sent me a text with this testimony. I wanted you to hear how Jesus is still answering prayers today. Even through people who pray for people, and it doesn't happen, you just keep praying for people, right? So what happened this
2: week? Yeah,
1: it was was humbling and exciting to see God work. Um, We pulled up to—I haven't started my job yet, so we pulled up to the surf spot on Wednesday morning, and— we saw this guy kind of hobbling in the, in the park, parking lot. He's about my age. And uh, Mark went up to him and he said, uh, you know, what happened to your leg? And um, He said uh, about a year ago, he fell off some scaffolding and he, and he uh, damaged his knee. And he went through about $110,000 of uh, reconstructive surgery. And he had scars all over his leg. And he's kind of showing us his different scars and telling us his story. And we said to him, can we pray for you? And... Uh, Mark laid his hand on his knee, and he he said to him before, like, pain levels from 1 to 10, and uh, the guy said, about a 3, 4. Mark prayed for him, and said, what are your pain levels? He said, about a 1. And then uh, we said, what about your hip? He said, no, my hip's really sore. We prayed for his hip.
0: So that was a word of knowledge. Yeah, a word of knowledge. Yeah. Yeah, okay.
1: And then we said to him, uh, uh, just sit down. We want to see if your your, your legs are the same length. And his one leg was like... Three quarters of an inch longer than the other, and um, told him. Told him about a testimony that I saw with my own eyes last year, where God grew out a leg, and uh, told him about that. You could just see kind of faith growing, and uh, we prayed for him. And honest to God, I, I was as surprised as he was. His uh, his legs his legs were the same length, but but more than that, his toes were like scrunched up, and uh, they'd been scrunched up since February. And he had no feeling in his, in his calf, and his toes released. And, uh, he's like, I can feel the hairs on my leg. He was like, when, when someone gets healed, it's not just like, oh, I got healed. This guy was jumping up and down. He jumped, uh, it was one of those concrete tables. So he jumps onto the, he jumped onto the concrete step and then jumped from the step to the table. He kept giving us man hugs and saying, you guys healed me. We're like, no, we didn't heal you. Jesus healed you. And Jesus loves you. His wife came over and she like just testified. Like she said, she used to like flick his, flick his calf and poke his calf, and there was absolutely no feeling. So, just just so God is so good to see God move so powerfully. Wow.
0: Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Another answer to prayer. Another example of this. Um, I debated sharing this with you, but I decided to go ahead and do it because I don't like hiding what God does under a bushel because some people may not understand it. I've learned that God offends our minds to reveal our hearts. He'll do things whether people think that that ought to not be done or not. So I'm going to I'm going to, so again, this is in the context of keep praying. Even though you don't see what happened here, you might get a pop, a kernel pop here and a kernel pop there. That kernel just didn't pop, right? But you got to keep it in the microwave of prayer. So in one of Hope's low moments, she just got really sad. We bought this house up in Ramona nine years ago. The front yard is just gopher heaven. Anybody have one of those yards? It's ugly, dirt, gophers, ugh. And she's always wanted a garden, and she wanted a front yard and a garden where she could sit and pray and read and think and just commune with God. And in a low moment, uh, about a week and a half ago, she said, I wish I had my garden that I could sit in while I go through this chemo treatment. Well, I had a, a commercial, I had a, a, a landscape architect friend come up a number of years ago analyzing the situation and asked how much would this cost us she said about $5,000 now I know that we have uh, put out how you can help people in a trial like this and one of the things that Hope put on a list and she thought should I do this it's kind of tacky you know money is one of the things that really can help people going through a trial because of uh, doctor visits and medications and you know uh, just all the needs that come up. And, um, you know, lots and lots of people go bankrupt through medical bills. wouldn't—that I don't think we would be in that situation. But it's still a, a big outgo. But my wife wanted a garden that she could sit and connect with God through this, which is an emotional need, a spiritual need. So I went in my bedroom and I knelt down just last week, last Friday. And I said, God, I'm asking you for $5,000 so I can give Hope her garden during this chemo treatment. Last Sunday, Miss Brenda comes home and she hands Hope a check made out to her for $5,000. It was given by Sean Wright, who's a member of our church, and she went through breast cancer herself last year. She's a single mom. She got a bit of money from a friend who died and she said to God... Um, I hope, Sean, if you're here, I hope that's okay. I'm I'm telling this testimony. I I don't like anonymous giving personally, by the way. It's just one of my pet peeves. When people give anonymously, I don't like that. I want to know who you are because that's love coming at us. I want you to know when I do something kind to you because that's what makes a community. You can't hug somebody that you don't know who they are. The only place in the Bible where Jesus says, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing is when you give to the poor and the only motivation for doing that is because you want people to think you're wonderful. But there's all sorts of recordings of people giving money to one another, and churches to churches, and David to the house of God, all throughout the Bible. I, I don't like anonymous giving. Um, I like, I like those bridges that are built. I know it was Shauna that gave that to us. So I told her, that's as much of your garden as it is hopes. She like, can I come sit in it? I called her and asked her if we could use the money on that because she probably gave toward medical purposes, but I knew where that, what that was for because God did that. and. Um, she, when I called her, she said, I told God, now that I have this money, I have my security. And God, she said, God said to me, I'm your security. Give $5,000 to Hope at to She said she couldn't wait to get her last Sunday to give that check to Hope, but she wasn't here and I wasn't here. So she chased down Miss Brenda and gave it to her. So Hope's going to get that garden. You see, if I had stopped praying, that never would have happened. You can't stop praying in the midst of your trial. Number two, keep believing that God is good. In the midst of a trial, keep believing that God is good. God always turns what the enemy means for evil into good. But one, you have to look for it. And two, many times you have to wait on it. You have to look for it. I think about today as I'm down here worshiping. And I think my wife is at home and she's in pain and suffering through chemo treatment. We're in the midst of this dark trial. But then I look up here and I see my two daughters for the first time leading worship at the church. That to me was a sign of good from God. We were driving down today and I remember when they were five and six years old and asked me these big questions about God. Now they don't ask me anything about God because they know it all because they're teenagers. But when they were kids, they knew everything. About, I mean, they, they would ask me these questions. Today we're driving down again with Pastor Josh, and they're in the back seat driving down. I thought, I remember when they were five, six, seven, eight years old asking us questions about God. Now we're driving down, and they're going to be on the worship team for the first time. God, you're so good. You got to look for the, 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 nuggets of good in the midst of trials. Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and those who are called according to His purpose. Good is going to come out of this. It already came out of the last trial. Josiah said to me yesterday, mom used to be boring, but now she's fun. <laughs> yeah, I said that publicly. But that's just Josiah's perception. But she's not as serious as she used to be. She laughs at little kid, at kitten videos and dog videos and pig videos. She laughs out loud. She watches Impractical Jokers. You can hear her laughing all the way from across the house. She never did that before she went through her trial last time. This joy broke open inside of her that we've never seen before. Good can come out of trial. Psalm 37. But sometimes you have to wait. I would have lost heart unless I believed that I would see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait on the Lord. Be of good courage and He shall strengthen your heart. Wait, I say, on The Lord. So, what do you do in the meantime? You turn your why into what. Don't dwell in the valley of why. Why God, did this happen to me? Why did it happen to my wife? Why did my husband? Why did my child? Why did this happen? That why will mess with you, and you won't. You'll get stuck. There are people stuck in the land of why. The moment you turn your why into worship, I'm going to worship you anyway then what do you want me to do that empowers you and it moves you from being a victim to a victor and god will give you an assignment in the midst of your trial and it will set you free and you'll become a blessing once again and then thirdly you got to choose to let the trial make you stronger you all have heard this your trial make you bitter or better but it's your choice psalm 84 in the tram the the, uh, passion translation i love this What pleasure fills those who live every day in your temple and join you as they worship in your presence? Pause in His presence. How enriched are they who find their strength in the Lord? Within their hearts are the highways of holiness. Now listen to this. Even when their paths wind through the dark valley of tears, they dig deep to find a pleasant pool where others find only pain. Come on. Come on. He gives to them a brook of blessing filled with the rain of an outpouring. They grow stronger and stronger with every step forward. And the God of all gods will appear before them in Zion. James says, count it all joy when you fall into different trials and temptations. Letting, uh, producing patience, let patience produce its perfect work so you'll be complete and entire needing nothing. The, it, the other side of a trial and what God does through you, it's such a beautiful place to be. The process stinks, but the, but the product is, is, is beautiful and amazing. You wouldn't want to give it up for anything. But one of the things that sustains us is you guys, your prayers, your provision, your wave of love, your acts of kindness. It healed my wife. Our church went through a church split a while back and it really, it really um, did a, a really negative thing in my wife's heart about, quote, the church. And yet, when she went through cancer, there was a wave of love from this congregation that healed her heart about the church. And then you find out it was only really two or three people that just needed to go somewhere else and be mean to somebody else. But sometimes there are going to be two or three people, and it kind of clouds your vision about everybody, right? You ever experienced that before? And that all got weeded out when you guys rose to meet us in our time of need, and it was... The most beautiful thing we've experienced in church life. Such good can come out of evil if we allow it. Mark and Shelly, would you please come up and pray for the Ettor family? And uh, Gary, would you come as well? I'd like to ask you to come pray with us as well because Gary's been with us since about the beginning of the church. He's been such a great friend. He's been a great leader, a great comfort and encourager. And once you grab that microphone? Just press the button one time. The orange will turn green. And if you guys will pray over the Ettor family, and then I'm going to turn it over to Stephanie. To come up and do the announcements and the offering, and then I 'm going to jump into our teaching series, so yay, I did that in about fifteen minutes. You
2: guys come up here so we can yeah.
0: I hope that word encouraged you.
3: John, I, I wanted to share something real quick. I, I shared this with hope:
0: Hey, for... Sam, come on up here, buddy. wake up
3: when, uh, you, when she was going through it the first time, and then it just hit me as you were talking, I gave her a picture. And in the other, the other day I said, I really need to send that picture back to her. And it really speaks to what you were saying about this thing on the garden. I sent her a picture. We had a, we had a big tree and next to it was a little honeysuckle. And this little honeysuckle was right next to it and it couldn't grow because it was right next to this big tree. And so it was struggling and struggling and struggling. It never looked good. Kathy said, why don't you just kill it, cut it out, get rid of it. Well, we ended up taking the tree down and that honeysuckle, I, I sent Hope a picture of it because I said, "This is what God's doing in your life." Wow! And I believe it's now again. This honeysuckle is about eight feet tall wow. and it's huge That's a good and picture, in bloom. Yeah. And the you know the 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 enemy was taken out of the way and it just blossomed. And it's the garden. And I was going to wow. resend that picture to her because I shared it with her before. So that now I know I need to resend it to her. Wow! So.
0: Thank you for receiving that testimony at the garden the way it ought to be received because it was miss, good, miss brenda, the goodness of god to? yes miss brenda that garden is the goodness of god in the midst of her darkest hour you need stuff like that when you're going through a, a time of darkness and that came from you it came from this body what a beautiful
2: thing The thing I keep thinking about for you guys is that um, every attack of the enemy, we, we think it's a physical attack because it's a physical attack. You know, you get sick. You're fighting cancer. But that attack is just a means to a deeper end. What the enemy wants is to separate you from your father, not from John, from your heavenly father. He wants you to begin believing that either God isn't good enough or he isn't strong enough. He might be strong enough, but he hasn't done it so he's not really loving. Or he really loves me, but he's not powerful enough to do something. The enemy's scheme is always relational. He wants to destroy your relationship with somebody. Usually with God, maybe with one another. And that's his principal attack. And if we can fight on that level first... I mean I'm praying for your mother in the middle of the night every night but I'm also praying for you that this attack will not turn your hearts away from the goodness of God that you'll keep on holding on to him because when you come out on the other side if you've hung on to him as best you can and that's not perfect as best you can you hang on to him the person you come out of this to be is the person you've always wanted to be And that's happened to your mother with what she's been through in the past and how it changed her, how free she became, much more spontaneous and joyous and less self-reflective. She just became the person she always wanted to be. And she's going to do it again. And the goodness is going to go deeper in her this time. So I'm going to pray for you as a family, every one of you, and the ones that aren't here, that, that... God protects your relationship with Him and with one another. Okay? And then we'll finish with praying for your mom's healing.
3: I thank you guys for standing up here today. That's a powerful... No, they didn't know.
0: It was spontaneous, okay. so forgive me.
3: No. Go ahead. thank you. It was a powerful declaration to us. One of the things Mark said when we first got the news was, all of us are going to rise up. All of us are going to get stronger. And be a force to reckon with the enemy is going to pay he's going to be brought down through this and you guys standing up here today and shouting great is the lord in the midst of it calls us all up you're leading us you're leading us and we bless you
2: so let's pray Father, only a moment or two of seeing you clearly, just just a few seconds even in worship or in our prayer or on a walk or something, just to sense you again, see your goodness. Clears up so many things. Lifts off so much fear. Brings peace. We just need those moments with you. We need to reconnect in the storm. We need to reconnect in the battle. And that's the role of worship. Worship. I pray, Lord, that you will be sovereign here and you will intervene in each member of the Ator family's lives uniquely what suits and works for them, that you will make your presence and your personality and your goodness and your love known relationally, experientially, really, truly, not as an idea, but as an experience, that you will come by your Holy Spirit to each member of this family and give them what they need to draw close to you and maintain their relationship with you. And Lord, now we see hope. I asked you, I've been asking you for the last several weeks, how shall I pray for hope? And it was so frustrating because I didn't have any way to really pray well. And then you showed me this image. It's strange. It's like a sieve, like one of those sieves you like a strainer with all those little tiny holes. And you showed me your hands, big, going through Hope's body like a sieve. And as you go through her body from her head to her toes or from her toes to her head, you're touching and taking hold of every one of those rebellious, evil cancer cells. And you're lifting them out of her body like you're straining through her. And then you're killing them. They die. They know. die in your hands. We pray for Marsha. I've been praying, praying the same thing for my sister, who yes, just was diagnosed with very if you serious have you know has cancer, cancer raise your hand. Come and on, for let's pray Marcia. this. Come on. And we can pray that the, 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 the hands of God, the hands yes, of the Lord. Holy Spirit, go through we declare death their bodies slowly. Every person rising up their through their bodies and right taking now, hold of and, and all those cancer cells attaching to the hands of Come God on, and being lifted out against of their right bodies on, and Church. literally destroyed in his hands. Yes, so, we and speak that's how I pray the root every night. Of all cancer. And I think we should pray with as much faith as and we anybody can and everybody who that has this is the kind of work know. that God's going to do for these people yeah. we that we're fighting over for. To the name and we just keep on doing it. Every time you think of your mother, every time you think of Marsha or you think of my sister Janet, you see God's hands going Let's through. Let's agree, them, church. Taking in your hold spirit, lifting out those cells and killing them. And in the mighty name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as one accord in agreement, we pray death yes. to every rebellious cancer yes. cell in Hope's body, in Janet's body, in Marsha's wow. body, in my friend Jan up in Los Angeles. Lord, we pray your healing touch to kill every one of those rebellious cancer cells. We pray this together in the all-powerful name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, wanna,
3: I just want to pray one more thing. I want to come against fear, fear of the unknown, fear of the what-ifs. I just bind the spirit of fear that, that wants to bring vain imaginations and lets our, our thoughts go off into other areas. I come against those thoughts in Jesus' name. I come against those fears in Jesus' name. God, we just want to set our thoughts on you and on your goodness and in our hope in you and our faith in you in Jesus' name.